You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. A better man courageously follows God's word. That is part of the definition of biblical manhood. And we are here today with Brian Doyle with Iron Sharpens Iron to talk a little bit about the book of Proverbs and how we can apply it to our life today on the Better Man Podcast. So, Robert, we are here with Brian Doyle, uh, who leads Iron Sharpens Iron. He does a great job, by a the way. A veteran minister of men and a discipler of men and a multiplier of men who disciple men. I mean, it's just incredible ministry. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about God's Word. Talk, Robert, a little bit before we bring Brian in. Talk to us a little bit about this responsibility of, uh, of a man that you've defined for mm-hmm. us in our manhood definition at Better Man? Well, when we went about saying, where does the Bible teach manhood? We were drawn to the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, I think what you see in the story, and you have to look closely at the story for this to emerge, but what you see is God outlining for the first male how to be a real man. And he does it through four different interactions. And in those interactions, he's giving them, he's giving Adam a a responsibility. And as Brian said in a previous podcast, not just a responsibility to bless him, but a responsibility that he could use to bless others. He gave to the man four life-giving responsibilities that would grow him up to be truly manly. That was the challenge. Uh, Of course, if we know the story, you know, Adam stumbled and fell in assuming those responsibilities, but after Adam, those responsibilities didn't go away. That's still the timeless portrait of what it means to be a real man. And the first of those, the first of those life-giving responsibilities is that for a man, he's being challenged, starting with Adam, to be, uh, to courageously follow God's word. And the reason we use the word courageously follow is because we point out to men who really examined the garden garden story that the garden wasn't a benign place where everything was at peace and safe. The garden was a very dangerous place. It was a very productive place, but apart from God's Word, there was doubt, there was temptation, there was an enemy that wanted to undo everything. And unless Adam courageously followed God's Word, which at times he would be tempted away from, he would not be truly manly. And uh, so that's the responsibility that begins this definition of masculinity, and it's the one we want to talk to Brian about because, I mean, he certainly has promoted that all over the country, but but at the same time, he's had a journey into Proverbs to help men get into the Word of God, and Proverbs is a great place to do that, and that, that's what we want to do. We want to talk to him about that. Okay, great. Well, Brian, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Thank you very much. It's a delight to be with you, men. And uh, Brian, I know in your personal story, learning how to read and study God's Word was very critical to just you as a person, be, you know, living into the manhood that God gave you. Tell us a little bit about that process and the man who really helped you follow God's Word. Yeah, and I think that's what you do. There's a man somewhere now, uh, Many of the guys who are listening today, they're part of solid Bible teaching churches. And uh, we all want to be part of a solid Bible teaching church. I want to be part of that. I want my family and friends to be part of that. I want them to be exposed 
and uh, taught the Word of God on a regular basis, that there's a rhythm in their life where people are speaking the Word of God. But what I really want for myself, for my family, and for my friends, and for the men that you know I give some shepherding to, I want them to be able to dig into God's Word and feed themselves. And so I, I, I did not know this was a privilege as a young man in college and beyond that. I, I thought everyone was learning to feed themselves. I didn't realize that much of the body of Christ was being limited to people feeding them, that uh, they would wait and show up someplace, whether it's a Bible study or church service, and someone who is taking the time to study the Word of God would then share some of the highlights from that time and feed you know, the, the flock or feed the small group or feed the Bible study members, whatever it was. And so I had someone who very early on in my Christian life would open up the scriptures with me. It would teach me to not only read the Bible, but to study it for myself, to meditate on it. What did it look like? to meditate on the Word of God, to read it, to process it, to chew on it, to apply it to my own life. What did it look like? What did it feel like? And so I had someone who modeled that for me and encouraged me to do it, and then I began to do it. And then I did it in such a way, because it's not that complicated, where I could encourage and teach and train other guys to do the same. And so that's a big part of my life. That's a big part of what gets me up in the morning mm. is an, an opportunity to help and teach and train other men who uh, who will be feeding themselves from the God's word, not just attending that uh, Bible teaching church, but in the morning, in the evening, you know, at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, they'll open up the scriptures and they'll feed themselves. And so that's critical to being a man of God who's operating well under the Lordship of Christ. You know, it's interesting that you talk about the fact that it's a, that it really is a privilege to be able to read the Word of God. Because even if we look at history, you know, most people didn't have actual access to the Word of God in the way that we do, uh, where we actually have, you know, a Bible that we can own in our home, that we can read in a language that is the language of our heart. You know, it's only been the last few hundred years of the 2000 you know, plus history of the church that we've actually had access to the word of God. So it, it really is a privilege to be able to read, read God's word. And I know for a lot of men and you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're open up the Bible and they want to try and read it and they get stuck somewhere. I remember as a teenager, a young man in our youth group who literally just kind of come to Christ, didn't really have any of that in his background and one day he woke me up. We were on a mission trip. He said, Mark, I need some help. I'm, you know, what do you, what do you need help with, man? He's like, well, I'm reading through the Bible and uh, I've just hit, you know, Leviticus <laughs> and uh, I don't know what's going on here, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and what I realized was I go, well, what are you doing? He's like, I'm reading the Bible. And I go, but like from beginning to end, like nobody does that. You just kind of dive in different places and read it, you know? And, and I realized like I'd grown up in the church with understanding of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, which parts were easier to read, which parts were more difficult to read, and all of that. And this guy was just reading it like a book. You know, he was very innocent in how he approached the, the Bible. And um, and I do think that reading the Bible from beginning to end isn't a bad way to read it. 
but it is daunting task. Um, and so, you know, one of the things, Brian, that you and I have connected with this idea that um, you, you started sending me these Proverbs reflections that you were doing. Proverbs is such a practical book. It's something that I can put into action. Um, you know, talk about for a man who's like just trying to figure out how to start reading the Word of God, where are some places that you would have them start, maybe in the Gospels or Proverbs or whatever? What, how, how do you help men connect with the Word of God that have never really tried opening it up for the first time themselves? Well, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that's certainly one option, starting with Genesis. I just was studying the life of Joseph, but uh, I went straight to Genesis 37 and read those last 14 chapters. Uh, maybe uh, I know over the years I've often encouraged guys to open up uh, one of the Gospels, maybe the Gospel of John, take some time and, you know, just take you know, a few verses a day today with uh, some guys that I'm, you know, holding accountable. I started the book of Galatians and I told them that uh, I would be reading about half a chapter a day for the next two weeks. And so I I think in all of this, uh, you know, and Mark and Robert, you probably have done this as well. Men just need a roadmap. You know, what is it that, how do you do this? What's it look like? Uh, how do you dig into the Bible in a way that you can feed yourself? And so, you know, you mentioned the book of Proverbs. Well, for me, uh, as I started to, you know, disciple my kids years ago, I realized that you know, what's going on with Proverbs? We got Solomon with some boys, his kids, his sons. And Solomon's writing in this thing. He's like any dad. He's like you and me. And he, he wants his kids to know what he knows. He wants his kids to follow Almighty God. He, he's an engaged, maybe you might even want to call him a helicopter dad. He's, he's all in for his <laughs> boys. And so even when you look at... You know, I have my Bible open now. I'm looking at the first verse in chapter 2, my son. If you accept my words, the first verse in chapter 3, my son, don't forget my teaching. Chapter 4, listen, my son, to your father's instructions. Chapter 5, my son, pay attention to my commands. My son, chapter 6, my seven, chapter 7, my son, keep my words. It goes, he's writing with his sons in mind, with his kids in mind. I realize, wow. I got to make sure my kids are in Proverbs. So I just began to share, you know, I began to do regular devotionals a couple times a year and just share with my kids, making sure my kids, first of all, doing what Solomon did, making sure I'm passing on to my kids what I'm learning. Second of all, take something like Proverbs, which in many ways is uh, in you know, I'm going to call it uh, a book of the Bible that has got all kinds of nuggets in it in every chapter. So uh, what we do, and we've done this for years and years, and we've, uh, you know, we started many small groups on this. We just take the date of the month. We read that chapter according to the date of the month. We read it through all the way. And then we choose one verse. If there's 30 verses, we don't try to meditate on all 30 of them. We read all 30 of them. And then we prayerfully scan this and say, dear God, would you lead me to a verse 
that's right for me for this day so that I can learn more about you, about following you, and be and about being your man. And so that's kind of the model what we do when we help men to engage Proverbs. Yeah, that's the kind of practical hand-holding that gets men started, and then they find success in it, and they want more. So yeah. uh, th thanks for sharing. I mean, that's just sharing one of probably your Bible study tools, but that just that in itself is very helpful. Yeah, I uh, with, with I kind of saw Proverbs as like um, reading a fortune out of a fortune cookie. You know, when you get when you get beyond uh, you know past chapter nine, you get into these little you know just for those that aren't familiar with Proverbs, just little little statements of truth. And, um, and I, we actually created index cards as a family with proverbs on them that were favorites of ours, and we would put them on the table, and we'd read them after dinner and then just talk about it. Sometimes we'd just read it, and that was it, we just, and then moved on. Sometimes it would lead to a conversation. Sometimes we'd say, hey, you know that movie we saw, this proverb kind of, this truth showed up in there. And what I was trying to help my kids do through that was not be overbearing with the Bible at mealtimes, but always bring it up but help them make connections from the Bible into their real world mm -hmm. life in the way they were That it thinking. was relevant. It yeah. was relevant. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? We always, whenever we would go out to Chinese food and they give us a fortune cookie, everybody would crack it open and read the whatever their fortune mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why would we not do that with the book of Proverbs? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What a fun thing to do as a family mm -hmm. in a similar way. And uh, that became a really easy, non-threatening. It wasn't like dad was opening up a big Bible study or whatever. It was one of those really simple first steps to getting our kids thinking about the Bible and thinking biblically about the world around them. Well, you know, the scriptures are, you know, they're not designed for our intellectual stimulation. Uh, but I think there's a fair amount of men who go to church, and that's really what they're coming away with. Am I getting intellectually stimulated? And that's, a, that's a bad goal. It's a, that's not what you're looking for. I mean, that's not, uh, I'm thinking about Second Timothy uh, three. So here's Paul writing to Timothy about the Word of God. He says all Scripture is inspired or God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And yet, are we putting ourselves in a place where we're getting equipped for every good work? Are we putting ourselves in a place where we're truly getting trained. I mean, I think in my personal thing with men is that we are we're intellectually inspired and stimulated, but we're not being taught. We're certainly not being corrected much, and consequently, we're not being uh, rebuked. And this is why each of us, we get into the Word of God ourselves and allow the Spirit of God to minister to us as individuals, as individuals. Trust God that he can speak to us as individuals, but our responsibility is to open up the Bible, to read it, to meditate on it, to prayerfully engage it, and to ask God, God, what, what do you want me to do as a result of me spending time with you and your word? And 
Well, you mentioned Leviticus, Mark, and Leviticus would be, uh, you know, God can use Leviticus. Absolutely, it, he can, yes. Yeah, but I'm probably not pointing men to Leviticus at the beginning. I, I really like pointing men to Proverbs, because I don't care who you are, whether you're, uh, you know, 18 years old and you're a Bible novice, or whether you're a pastor of a church, I mean, Proverbs can minister to you as a man. All you have to do is open up, engage it, and we're all in continual life-changing seasons where, we're, where we need to learn new things, and Proverbs is full of these nuggets. And you could read chapter 16 in Proverbs. You could read it you know, every year for years and years, every month for years and years, and you could still get something different out of it. You know, I'm looking at Proverbs 16 now. There's 33 verses, and they're pretty much all different. They've got these this uh, what I call masculine type of speaking. Hey, if you do this, this is going to happen. Hey, and if you do this, this is going to happen. You know, this is this is kind of masculine context. Proverbs is designed with a with an easy to understand masculine context. It's it's down to earth. You can get your hands around it. You kind of go, huh, yeah, that makes sense. I need to stop doing this, or I need to start doing this, or whatever it might be. Brian, let me, that is so good, because I do think it's a man's book. I mean, it's not that women wouldn't get great things out of it, but because it talks more bottom line. That's kind of man's language. Yeah. Just give me the bottom line. Yeah. Tell me what to go do and then tell me that it'll work. Cause that's what I and that's what Proverbs does over and over again. So let me ask you a question with your experience. I, I there there are guys who are listening and I've dealt with them, but I'd love to hear how you would answer this question. And they're listening and they're going, you know, I've tried to get into the Bible and I go for a few weeks, and then I quit. I just don't get anything out of it. I miss it or whatever. And he's he's kind of talking about his failures or his sense of not connecting well and those kind of things. It's kind of the woe is me. I, I, just, I just am not a person who really connects with Scripture. So he's telling you that, and, and, and he's hooked up with you, and he's saying, so what do I do, Brian? How would you answer him? So we do it together. We do it together because he, that would be normal. <laughs> I mean, I think more normal than not. Uh, we're gonna whether we're reading proverbs or anything. There's a sense of, and uh, what am I? Am I getting something meaningful? Uh, even we're so self-critical of one another. Uh, you know, we fall into the traps of beating ourselves up with when we read the scriptures. And so, you know, back to the the ministry of iron sharpening iron. You get two men reading the Bible together, and you change the world. Uh, two men who are sharing. So, in, in the world of uh, you know smartphones, uh, when, when you know when before smartphones, you'd actually have to get together and talk, which is <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But now, now you can multiply this and make it so easy. And that's kind of what Mark and I have done a little bit. You know, you you dig in, you get a proverb, you you pull something out, you learn a little something, and you share it with something, share it with a friend, share it with someone, and all of a sudden, there's this there's a rhythm of uh, brotherhood. There's a rhythm 
of accountability. There's a rhythm of a teachable spirit. There's a rhythm of God using you in another man's life, which are all the rhythms that we want men to experience. But if a man is only going to read his Bible on his own and not share it with anybody, None of those rhythms will exist. It doesn't mean that it's bad to to have a quiet time or time alone with God or a devotional time or whatever you might call it. Keep it to yourself and be fueled for the day. But take it to the next step. Take that two minutes and pull out that smartphone and text someone, text a brother, text a friend, text a cousin, text a son, text a dad. Text whoever it might be and find someone who will text you back. And it doesn't have to be an everyday thing, but there's a, there's those rhythms, those healthy, godly rhythms of community that, that many men don't experience. And so isolation, the scripture with isolation, uh, for most men, it will, you know, it'll lead them to quit and to fail. So, so what you're saying is if I'm listening to you right now, in my car, at home, you're saying, if I have had struggles with spending time in God's Word, they've, they've exhorted me to do these quiet times, I've heard about that, it's not work for me, uh, what you're saying is, you know what you need? You need a companion. You need, you need somebody to yoke up with, either, either an older man who can help you get started in a deeper way, or just a guy like you, but you do it together. And you can do it, like you said, connected, you know, through technology, or you can do it just by uh, meeting together periodically as well. But, But to get really launched, to break gravity and get into the outer space of enjoying God's Word, doing it all the time by yourself will never work. You need others to yoke up with to make it work. Yeah, and and they may be doing something else. I my, one of my friends, and I'll share it with them. And he's he's going through Luke, and he'll share something going through Luke. I'm not going through Luke, but I'm learning a little bit uh, from the life of Jesus as he goes through Luke. You know, there's a proverb. You know, I'm here's here's a story that goes back a few years. I'm reading. I'm doing just what I said on the date of the month. I'm reading that. I'm reading. The, the chapter of Proverbs for that month. So it happened to be the 18th of that month. I don't remember what month it was. So here I am, I'm reading the Proverbs 18. And I go through, there's 24 verses, I'm cruising through, I, you know, I find a couple of things that are interesting. Uh, I think verse 1 was pretty good, a couple others, and then verse 24. And, and then my uh, coffee was done, so I felt like, I guess my time with God is done. I closed my Bible. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you need to, you need to do that. And I'm thinking, you know, what do I need to do? And so I, I open back up my Bible, which would be a little unusual. And I look at verse 24 again, because it was the last verse I'd actually given any thought to. And here's what it says. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I'm thinking... Well, I'm good there. You know, I think I was working for Promise Keepers at a time. I had, you know, a database of thousands of men, knew all kinds of guys from all over the place. And then, but but I'm looking at that verse and I go, something's wrong with this verse. A man of many companions should be blessed by God. <laughs> but this verse says, a man of many companions may come to ruin. 
that doesn't seem right. The only <laughs> thing that, well, something's wrong with this. But then the last part of the second part of the verse says, but, back to the Proverbs, but there's a friend in the singular who sticks closer than a brother. And the Spirit of God said to me, you, Brian Doyle, are a man of many companions. You might have more Christian brothers than pretty much anybody in the United States of America, <laughs> but you are lacking something. You're lacking a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I said, wow. And I said, well, how do I get one of those? And so that, that was it. Then I began a journey for the next, I'm going to say, better part, six months, better part of a year of, from a male standpoint, I was probably around 38 at the time. I need to rediscover what it was for a Christian adult man who's a husband and father to have an adult male friendship, a good friendship, a really good friendship. Not to say that my best friend was my college roommate, who I see two times a year or lives in California now, but right now where I am, who's that friend who sticks closer than a brother? I was in a dangerous place right there. I was a man of many companions, and the scripture says the only thing that qualifies me for is to come to ruin. I didn't want to go that way. I needed a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So, I mean, this, this is the spirit of God, the word of God, as we open ourselves up. Proverbs is rich with these kind of nuggets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, that it's funny you bring up that passage. That passage is one that's hit me between uh, the eyes that you know I travel a lot doing ministry and things like that, and I feel like I have a lot of good relationships. But you sit there and you go, "Wait a minute! If my life fell apart, who would be that one person that I would that would always welcome me at their door? That would always, you know, it is a very a uh, compelling thing that we need deep relationships. We see a lot of men in leadership, a lot of men in general just fail in that moment. And they're well-known, they're well-liked, people love them, but they don't have that person that sticks closer to a brother. And we see them fall uh, out of grace, out of relationship with people. And it's like, whoa, who was that one person though? It's a very powerful, powerful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just a couple sentences. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I always think of Proverbs as like those Kool-Aid packets. <laughs> you know, they're like concentrated, you know, yeah. and, and you you actually, they're kind of like the opposite of like some scripture, you have to read like verses and verses and whole story arcs to be able to distill something out of it. Yeah. Proverbs are like you unpack them, yeah. you know, you dilute them into life, you know, yeah. um, because they're so strong and potent. You know, uh, our our family. When we go to church, we bring a Bible and we uh, bring a bring these notebooks you buy at CVS, Walgreens type places. One subject notebooks, and everybody's got a different color of their notebook. And we got a pen, and we you know a good Bible teaching, and uh, we take notes, and then we try and process a little bit afterwards what you get out of it, and. And sometimes the conversation's really good, and sometimes it's probably, you know, doesn't go too far. Uh, we, we're, I think in the body of Christ, we are relying too much on uh, Bible teaching, and we're not engaged enough in the 
the practical reading and meditating of scripture. And for, for a man like myself who wants to do well, you know, my heart, I want to, I want to do well. I want to know God and make him known. I want to live as a godly man. What's that look like? Tell me what it looks like. And so I go to Proverbs and I see this wisdom of what it's like to live as a godly man. It's just sprinkled throughout all these nuggets. I mean, it's. I think it's near to impossible to read a chapter of Proverbs, you know, 20, 25, 30 verses, and they're not to be a nugget where you either get affirmed, it gets reinforced, you have new thought, new idea. And so for men, ministry to men, I just think this is a great place. It doesn't mean we can't be doing the exegesis of the book of Hebrews or doing a topical study on you know, sexual purity or doing a character study of the life of David. I'm up for all those things. But I think for the average guy, in addition to those things, to open up the open up the book of Proverbs and just discipline ourselves to read, to learn, to process, and to share, reflect with others is just a great rhythm. Yeah, the community reading of the Bible and discussion of it is uh, is a powerful thing. I know this is a simple thing that I did as a father, and, um, and, and it's similar to what you're doing with your notebooks, Brian, um, but I would just, on the way home from church, because sometimes, you know, churches break families up. You go to church and everybody goes their different ways. But on the way home or to lunch or wherever it was that we were going, I would say everybody had to go around and just talk about one thing that yeah. that that they learned today that was going to somehow impact them, you know, moving forward. And that little moment of reflection was really powerful. And I'm not going to say that my kids loved it. Uh, you know, there were times they rolled their eyes and they were just like, oh, dad, you know, all that. Yeah. But, you know, as they're now young adults, um, they really go back and say, you know, those were really powerful times, you know, um, to to be able to do that. They appreciate it in the long haul. And sure, yeah. it takes a little it's guts good. as a father to ask that initial question. But if you make it a habit and everybody kind of knows it's coming, and even if we had visitors, like if the kids had a friend with them or whatever, I would say, hey, just so you know, this is something that we do, you know, and if you're comfortable, we'd love to hear you share your thing. If you're not, you don't have to, but I would set it up and it wasn't like if we bring a friend, we get a pass. Everybody had to go around uh, and share. And um, that was a that was a fun thing, but it really did help because the 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 definition of manhood that we use, the, the the responsibility is courageously following, not listening. And Brian, what I've really incur- really been impressed on me today is how you said uh, the Bible isn't just for our intellectual stimulation. Because a lot of times we pick our pastors and our churches as men based on who we can tolerate listening to. Um, and that sometimes means not being challenged and not being um, inspired to actually live it out. And so I really, really appreciate that. Uh, Brian, thank you for being with us today. Great session, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I encourage you all to uh, Google Iron Sharpens Iron uh, and find out more about the ministry to men that Brian leads. Uh, If you want to learn how to not only read the Bible more, but um, help other men read the Bible more, uh, Iron Sharpens Iron is a great conference to participate in to learn how to put the Bible into action. So thank you very much. This has been the Better Man Podcast. Have a great day. 
Hey, this is Mark Matlock with the Better Man Podcast. I just want to remind you to leave a review and subscribe to the Better Man Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. If you're a church or organization leader interested in bringing the Better Man 10-week event to your community, go to betterman.com for information.